The views expressed in this episode do not reflect the official policy or position of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. Thank you very much. This is a wonderful city, as you all know. With a very bad case of lake fever. You want some sexy? You want to laugh? Licensed to talk. Licensed to talk is brought to you by Charlie's Boatyard, 1111 Furman Boulevard. Check out the biggest patio in Western New York and the best sunsets, cool drinks, and fine food at Charlie's Boatyard. Mr. Submarines, 1977 South Park Avenue. They've been around for a while. Home of the best ham sub in South Buffalo. Tom License to Talk sent you. Dog Ears Bookstore, 688 Abbott Road. Check it out. Stop into the cafe and enjoy a welcoming hometown atmosphere. Don't get your coffee from Timmy when you can get it from Tommy. Support your local bookstore. Vinyl vibes, vinyl stickers, decals, custom designs created by our boy Quails in Buffalo, New York. Vinyl Vibes, check them out on the gram at Vinyl Vibes Buffalo. First in Buffalo, 389 Abbott Road, Buffalo, New York. Get your custom hats, custom apparel, custom embroidery, screen prints at First in Buffalo. Check out Cooper's Bar on AMC. You can get it streaming on demand. It's on YouTube. Check it out with our good friend Lou Mastillo. All right, Marky, episode 79. We're here with an old friend. Kobe Krug from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Kobe, welcome to the program. Jim, Mark, good again, or good to see you again. Uh, Jim, I just want to start off by saying that uh, I want everybody to know that you are my next door neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know I might know more about Jim than, than he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> and it, talk about we'll talk about growing up in the neighborhood and what made you a good leader coming from that later. But we're here. In an undisclosed uh, barracks here, Marky. Um, beautiful office. Beautiful office. Thanks for having us. This looks like Game of Thrones on the wall here. It's like you you got your like big plans. Do you see tons of these uh, like awesome maps like this? No, that I mean this is that's unique. I have uh, I've been around some big maps in my day, but uh, nothing as plush as that one. So yeah, it's very Game of Thrones. Yeah. And when we walked in, he told us basically he plows the lake. He oversees the lake. So tell us what you do here real quick at the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Okay, yeah. So we have 300 employees. Uh, Most of them here are 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 headquartered here in Buffalo, New York. Uh, But we uh, manage the Federal Navigation Channel uh, from Ogdensburg, New York, all the way down to Toledo, Ohio. So what does that mean, right? that means there's a lot of commercial lakers, these big ships that come through the St. Lawrence Seaway with whatever whatever have you. They might also uh, come out of a port in Canada as well. Um, but the bottom line is that they, they need to be able to get in and out of ports. And in order to do that, we need to make sure that they have enough draft. What is draft? It's just the, the depth of the water. Because over time, especially in Lake Erie, with Lake Erie is the shallowest of the Great Lakes. So the shoaling, shoaling is the basically, you know, when you sit around the beach for a while, you see uh, over time those sandbars, right? The sandbars raise up. Well, the same thing happens in our harbors. And um, remember the, not too long ago in the Suez Canal when that ship ran aground and basically halted logistics for, you know, a whole two weeks, which is a huge deal. Um, that can happen here as well in the Great Lakes, and uh, that's what we're here to prevent. And that's that's just one aspect of things is maintaining that federal ma- uh, navigation channel. Uh, the other aspect is is uh, making sure that we're uh, maintaining and and caring for our wetlands and all the tributaries that feed the Great Lakes, that feed Lake Erie and Lake Ontario specific, the Buffalo District. Uh, and how how do we do that? Uh, it's through permitting, making sure that nobody's putting something in a waterway that we're not aware of and that we haven't permitted. And sometimes that can be a job that, you know, comes with uh, 
you know, some unhappiness, you know, if somebody gets told, hey, you can't build something on this waterway or you can't do this, they're not too happy. But uh, we have great people that try to always get to yes and, uh, and, and compromise with folks. So that's from a regulatory perspective. We have Ohio and then we have New York. Um, the, the Pennsylvania is controlled by the Pittsburgh district. So there's not much in Pennsylvania that, that you know, within our area of responsibility, which you see up there on the wall, so Pittsburgh covers that that area, but uh, those are like the the two main things. And then you, you can you can kind of draw off of that um, coastal coastal resiliency. Lake Erie is very shallow, like I said. Um, a lot of wave action, a lot of the wind, the, the high winds come in, and and uh, you know people's livelihoods. You know the communities along the water, people's livelihoods are at are at stake there. Uh, and uh, we're, you know, we work to try to alleviate that, and then also back to the restoration pieces. You know, I think that uh, we've made some mistakes in the past in the industrial age, and we're we're working to to return uh, the Great Lakes and uh, the tributaries back to their natural state. So that's kind of in a in a nutshell. That's what we we do here. I'm freaking impressed, man. You've been here two months. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's insane. But no, that's really cool. Like, but it's wild. Like you say that because everybody's always talking about develop our waterfronts, but like, there's just rules, right? Yeah, there's rules to it, and and, it, and for for good reasons, or you know, some people may think not not so good reasons, but uh, the you know anything along the water, uh, you know, needs to be really evaluated and, and a lot of analysis done. I, I think recently that you know the um what was it the the grain elevator yeah that, oh, oh yeah yeah that we was, can go on and on about that yeah yeah but uh but that that touches the water and some of the stuff ended up in the water so i know i mean this was before my time but i know somehow we were going to end up involved in that um but really anything that that touches the water requires um us to be involved and i think it's for good reason because we you gotta you gotta look at, you know, what are you doing to the ecosystem? What are you doing to, you know, does it make uh, sense for you know shipping canals and ship you know depth and stuff like that? So we got a lot, you know, we got a lot to look look into prior to saying, uh, you know, hey, yeah, let's let's do this. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know that you just saw recently here in Buffalo the the NFTA, uh, the bulkhead collapse there. Um, were you tracking that the mm -hmm. the one down there by the right by the uh, train station right yeah i mean that another th another one where you know nfta <coughs> did call us and we're uh you know uh you know the thing is is like for for the core we have to focus on public we, we can't necessarily focus on private stuff we we take care of the public infrastructure uh and so that's why you saw like out in athol springs right by hoax restaurant there um, you know, Route 5 was getting inundated with wa like wave action coming over the wall. Route 5 is public infrastructure. So we were able to help that out and do a project there. And, and, and if you see the wall out there, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, that, that was probably the major problem along locally, the waterways, I would think. I mean, because you always see the ice car. Yeah. I'm not going to see that thing on it. So I'm not going to have to see that ice car anymore on the news because of this wall. No, I mean, it should be. I, I don't think you're going to have to see the ice car. I, I'm not going to make any promises being <laughs> yeah. new here, but uh, I don't think you're, you're going to have to see that. No, there, there's a lot of. There, now, are you dealing with strictly just the water or the nature part? So it's a it's it's a little bit of both. So like birds, we'll say birds. Oh, yeah. So Rosinski, like, uh, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, you know, he would be he would love what we're doing. Because yeah. we're trying those wetlands is where those bird sanctuaries are, mm -hmm. and a lot of the folks that actually work here in in that environment, you know, as a as a regulator, are normally bird watchers. They're birders like like Brzezinski. Yeah. Um, but yes, he would he would love what we're doing. Uh, we take that into consideration, but not that's not exactly, you know, we uh, that would be more along like uh, EPA lines or New York DEC. New York State DEC, but that just shows how many. Yeah, there's just so how many, many things you're working with. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of players and there's a lot of entities entities involved in some of the things that that we do to get to a decision. Which you know, whether 
you know, for, again, for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, uh, you know, it, it makes us be deliberate when we when we move and action something. Yeah, because you hear, well, we can't build this here because the birds will crash into it and die. That's the big. That's the you big hear that thing. your whole life, right? You've, you, you've been hearing it for twenty years now. <laughs> And, and most people, they want to be like, oh, come on. Yeah, you know what right? I mean? Like, yeah. that, you know, <laughs> right. get I, over it. But there, you know. There's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. Yeah, like we, you go to Toronto and you're like, man, like they they just let people build anywhere, any anytime, all the time. Up. up, up, up and up. I mean, I don't know if it's just like that's their policy. Like they don't have to, you know, do regulations or anything like that. But it just seems like I Buffalo. Mean, I, we have a lot of also. I mean, it's, I I hate to bring up this subject because we were talking about this before, but Niagara Falls, like, right? Look at the Canadian side, uh, you know, more commercialized and stuff like that. Uh, you know, the um, the American side, in my opinion, it's more environmental. It's more that nature feel mm. around the falls, which for yeah, better, I never or really for worse, thought of that. It's a state no, park, you're right? You're yeah, right I never really that. thought about yeah. that. That is true. Yeah, that's just something that I I I gleaned from my last visit up there and, and uh after talking with some of the folks in the 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 new york state dc I, I they that they're the one that's that bent my ear and i'm like you know what you're right like you know there is yeah they should like go a, with that they, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> big time yeah i mean it's it, it gives it a different look right. right because also like what you said like there's not much you can do on private land but if like you were to consume the land right and then it would be public land mm-hmm. and then you're involved Yes. Right. You, you always hear, could you could you be the GM of the Bills? <laughs> well, I know I, I, if I moved to Niagara Falls, I could be the mayor of Niagara Falls <laughs> and do a lot better job. But we do take the falls for granted. The the power that comes from it and uh, how we have to protect the falls, too. Is, is Now, is this in your wheelhouse? Is this all your... Yeah, I mean, so, so I'm on the... Uh, it's the the international uh niagara working committee i'm the co-chair of it and i'm i'm not going to talk a whole lot about it because i i, I literally just got off my first meeting before, before you guys <laughs> yeah arrived. two months so, into the job yeah but the the bottom line there is is that uh you're right jim we the, i think a lot of people take niagara falls for granted it because it is a su- such a a precious natural resource uh, but also it's clean power right that if you saw the bubble that it powers it's pretty impressive what do you mean by that like how much power over distance okay oh, okay yeah uh, it's it's pretty impressive um, and uh, you know what it gives to the grid is pretty impressive uh, so that's that's what I, I mean that's kind of where I'll, I'll leave that one. I, uh, you know, we did dewater back in 1969, and and uh, when uh, I got the call uh, back in March of 2020 that I was coming here, or no, was it 21? It was 21. We can never keep track of these two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 2020. Yeah. Uh, the the two star Major General Whittle called me, said, "Hey, Colby, I just want to let you know you're you're going to Buffalo District," and I and I was. I was stoked. I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. I'm going back home. Um, but he's like, Hey, I need you to start doing some research on coffer dams. You're, we're looking at damming up the falls again. I'm like, uh, you got the wrong guy. I uh, said, God damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, what do you mean you're damming it up? They're gonna, so they're like gonna back like the they water. did in the late sixties, they were, uh, uh they were going to dance like, there was talks of that, right? Right, uh, right. But he okay, yeah, he was yeah, busting yeah. on me a little bit. He oh, was he would yeah. like at, like he got me a little bit nervous. I was like, I'm thinking to myself like, hey, <laughs> you need like a PhD in yeah. civil engineering, not not crew. Yeah. You don't need crew uh, for this one. Uh, you know what are you getting me yeah. into here, sir? And uh, then he was like, oh, I'm just playing around. I'm just playing around. But then on my first stint or my my first uh, inspection tour of the Great Lakes or the Lower Great Lakes here. You know, they are talking about, you know, eventually, you know, that that low bridge um, that that connects, I believe it's Goat Island or yeah. Goat Island yeah. to the to Robert Moses Parkway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not nobody walks on it. Nobody drives on it right now. It's because it's not in in good shape. And so, you know, in the future, if, if we want that to be usable again, we're going to have to look at, um, you know, how to how to make it so and and instead of dewatering the falls like they did in the late uh 60s early 70s they're talking about 
like doing uh, piers just around each, like little coffer dams around each pier, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. But apparently, uh, you know, according to the, you know, the, the architects, architects and uh, the uh, design engineers, it can be done. So um, I'm, uh, I don't think that's going to happen on my watch, <laughs> but uh, it is being talked about to put that bridge that's because that, that's where you get like the real feel of the falls like you are power yeah you're like right on top of it Mm -hmm. and nobody's been able to you know now you can stand off to the side you know and and it's still great and you can go on cave of the winds or made of the mist and get that feel for it but that bridge is is special too it would be crazy yeah think about if they like i mean believe me i don't know technology at all but like the smart people like imagine like damming that and then like taking like a 3d model of it you could look at you know what i mean it's like there's oh, so the, many these things. days it would be such a different look oh, i believe yeah uh, if they were to dewater but like the things they would this. do like the people that would come to like do the science on it would be pretty impressive i bet no i i think that's true it's also the other part of it is like we you know back when the last time we did this you didn't have all the regulations from epa oh, okay. or osha and oh, that's yeah. where this thing could you know you know before it was like dump trucks backing up with a big rock throwing it in there and being like they did yeah hey it stayed (laughs) (laughs) let's use that one again like you know let's go with that tonnage you know and so and eventually they got to where it was uh, yeah uh, enough you know a a trickle of water come over the fall so they could actually you know service it or do whatever they they, yeah to survey it Mm -hmm. take a look at it um you know do some work in and around it but that fed everything over the canadian falls and and really uh you know going back to the to the history book there i mean you still were able to share power because of the pooling uh and stuff right on the right in and around niagara falls so it was very uh very impressive how they did that back then Mm. um but yeah it was more of like hey some uh some good old boys and dump trucks and getting it done i don't know how that would look today so i don't know if this is your wheelhouse but is there places in the united states where we could use more use the water for power or is this just such a massive falls are, are we looking is uh the army looking into that at all or no i i mean the when i look at the corps of engineers wide i know that they're they're looking into more areas where potentially they can add to the grid through hydropower but a lot of those a lot of that ability is already in use it's already yeah. done it's already yeah. done. We've done it all yeah i mean Yet, is there more options out there? I'm sure there are, uh, but for the most part, uh, I don't think. Like again, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, misspeak here uh, and sound like a, a complete idiot. But I mean, <laughs> the bottom line is, is the I, I believe on the aggregate, the majority of that is already accomplished. Now, where I think we need to start looking. Um, is you know a lot of it's been around since the 50s or between the 30s and the 50s it was built you know and, and a lot of that infrastructure is aging and i think that's where uh you know some of these uh next decades will will start to look at how do we you know revamp it make it better make it better more efficient provide more power to adding the our technology exactly adding new harnessing tech, yeah. technology and 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 adding to what's already there, yeah. m- making modifications. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Would you go, would this office have anything to do with if there was a new peace bridge built? Just the just from a, a permitting, Envi- permitting permitting and environmental perspective, that would be that would be it. Um, but not uh, as far as the the bridge itself. It would in my from my experience. Uh, it would be a joint, like an international joint commission that would get together. And I and I know that this has been talked about. I, I, oh, yeah. I grew up working on the Peace Bridge throughout college yeah, yeah. as a toll taker and, <laughs> and running passports for your dad over there, Jim. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I recognize that this has been talked about. You know, there's that environmental concern. There's, you know, the real estate concern. Um, you know, there's a lot of – there's – there's people, you know, it's like there's communities that would have to like, you know, up uproot, I believe. Yeah. If they yeah. wanted to do that. Um, so you guys would just come in and give us, you would give the opinion on wh- what you would do here uh, with the infrastructure and how the environment would be 
Yeah, we, we would we would most likely uh, our regulators would have to do some type of permitting action, uh, which, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I haven't really thought through that one as far as, you know, it being international, how that would work. But I, I do believe we would have a hand in it. Um, but yeah, every as you look at the map there, you know, everything has to be done uh, by with and through our Canadian partners. You know, when it comes to, you know, when I was just on that meeting just before you guys arrived, uh, you know, the, the other co-chair is a Canadian uh, gentleman. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, Niagara Falls and the outflows um, and making sure that there's the right, you know, the right amounts of water going over the falls for the, the power that is required. I'm still just impressed yeah. <laughs> that you know this much about what's going on here. Yeah, the I want to say, uh, you know, there's also the lake level thing, right? Yeah, uh, that that we that we work with the Canadians on it, and I, I'd actually like to dispel that rumor right here and right now for lessons <laughs> to talk personnel. Um, Jim, Mark, you want to look around the room? Do you see any levers around here that <laughs> allow me to control lake levels? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah, that, the answer is no. It's a, it's a very. Uh, people think I that, lost my beach. Uh, there are, I lost my beach. There are beach. some people that think that you know the the Army Corps and some folks uh, that are out there that control the lake levels. And <laughs> I mean, I, w really, in in reality, we can affect about eight inches but when it comes to feet yeah we can't do anything about do, that people know that we're on a marble that spins right yeah <laughs> so but uh that that's so every everything is is done through this you know this international board and it has to be you know agreed on by both both parties um i'm fortunate enough to get to represent the, the niagara working committee uh, but my boss who sits in cincinnati brigadier general uh, Kimberly Peoples, she sits on the the international one, and that that kind of governs more of like, uh, you know, the the outflows from the dams up on the um, on the St. Lawrence River, uh, and that and and that can right now. So Lake Ontario is at very low level, right? It's like uh, we're we're right near like you know kind of danger close for low. Mm -hmm. What what did we see two three years ago? We were High, high, way, yeah. way high. I was working in uh, uh, Water Street Landing, and like all the water was there. Like it's just too high, you know. Yeah, I mean, so the you know, there's only again, we can only control about yeah. you know less than a less than a foot uh, by those outflows. But when it comes in the tune of feet, um, that's when communities are impacted, and then that's where you know uh, those emergency declarations come in and. People's homes are at stake, and businesses are at stake. The local economy is at stake, and and that's you know where that coastal resiliency comes in. Because I think a lot of folks think like, hey, um, I'm just gonna build some breakwater. I'm gonna I'm gonna build a brick, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a big facade. But in reality, that is just energy. The energy stays in the system. Mm -hmm. The water has to go somewhere. So just because you're protecting X doesn't mean Y and Z are still safe now because the water, it, it just pushes it around. And, and the Canadians, I think, from what I understand and, and what I've been reading about is they're coming up with a theory of unhardening. So letting the water go to back to its like natural places that it used to go to. Mm. For example, like on the U.S. side, uh, if you do some reading about Toledo, it used to be the Great Black Swamp. It was actually part of Lake Erie. Really? And, uh, you know, in order for, you know, to, to have more farm fields and stuff like that, uh, we've, we made land out of the Great Black Swamp, but the, the water is still there. It's just now in ditches. You oh. know what I mean? So, um, and as a result of that, we've, we've, we've seen some challenges where, all right, now you have uh, great swaths of farmland and, you know, farmers, what do they do that for their livelihood? They, they use fertilizer, commercial fertilizer. They use manure. And once that, that rains, water, it goes into the watershed, right? And then once it gets to Lake Erie, it causes those harmful algal blooms that you see and that nasty green mm -hmm. muck. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's when people are like, oh, what the, what's going on? But it's really, it's, it's really a, as a result of, of what's going on to feed us. You know what I mean? <laughs> In so, Toledo. Yeah. <laughs> so so there's, there's just, yeah, there's just a lot of that. I'm glad that that's what you see when you look at the map, because I'm always thinking if we cut them off at the crag, they'll never get through the twins and we'll be able to protect King's Landing. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We'll we'll have to get pictures of this and put it up on the social media because it it is a cool looking map. Yeah. Something that is very controversial for some people is this ice boom. Oh boy! <laughs> Can we talk about the ice? Was that on the "Don't Talk About" list? Yeah. No. I, I think I'm gonna add like, it. Oh boy! I think I said put that on the "Do Not Talk About" list, but uh, oh, yeah. we did. No, no it's okay. Oh. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, again, look around the room. You see any levers for the ice boat? Right. Yeah, yeah. No. No levers. It's a again an agreed upon thing. Uh, you know, with our Canadian counterparts, um, and really, uh, you know, there is you know, those theories out there that it prevents an early spring uh, because, you know, it, it keeps the lake colder. Um, I don't know all the ins and outs of the, the ice boom controversy or some of the, the theories out there. You got time to read up on it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, again, that was just another one of my first meetings hearing about the, uh, the ice boom, but I've, I've also, you know, uh, heard about some of the controversy and, uh, it sounds to me, you know, just from the the outside looking in and, and a complete layman's terms. Right. I mean, do you want, uh, you know, if, if, for the for the folks that do think that potentially this causes uh, a later spring in Buffalo, you know, would you rather have an earlier spring or no power? You know what I mean? That's 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 kind of like uh, wow. Because I think based on my based on what I believe that it does, it, it, it there's there's you know, theories out there that say a, a natural ice arch would form right there. It's right off the breakwater in Buffalo. Um, but all that water going down Niagara River, we need it to be water so that it feeds the power authority. And if it's if there's ice chunks in there and there's ice in there, you know, think about that and, and how that works out with, you know, power turbines and things of that nature. It's, it's Yeah, last year there. I seen a protest of the ice boom. <laughs> And I go, what the hell are they protesting now? <laughs> like, you need the ice boom. You need to break up the ice. We're not going to protest. We're not going to uh-huh. protest. But, and then, uh, real quick, we'll stay, we'll stay uh, in Lake Erie real quick. Um, what's harming Lake Erie the most? I mean, I, I, I sat through this microbead thing for a while. Now they banned that. I don't know whether that did anything. Um, what's the biggest threat to Lake Erie right now, in your opinion? Again, there's, there's probably, there's a, there's a lot of interest groups out there. There's a lot of, uh, folks. I, I was just down at Heidelberg university, uh, down in Ohio. Um, you know, there's a lot of players in this game from the, the agricultural sector, but also the EPA, the, the environmental sector. Uh, and I think they, they probably all have, uh, you know, their own, you know, idea of what, what is, you know, what's the biggest harm to Lake Erie. Um, you know, I could go a couple different ways with this one. Um, and, uh, I think I will, I will probably go with our, our Great Lakes. So we're about to, on the 21st of September, we're going down to, uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, where all the states uh, surrounding the Great Lakes uh, are coming to Erie, Pennsylvania to sign this agreement uh, in an effort to do a uh, coastal resiliency study. And so the idea behind that is is to come up with uh, variations of of climate change, right? And and different differentiating lake level, like what. Climate scenarios, right? Yeah. Different climate scenarios mm-hmm. so that that can inform how we design the future, uh, you know, whether it be breakwater, whether it be uh, coastal wetlands, uh, you know, anything, anything of that nature. Um, you know, we haven't gone we're, – we're not really there yet uh, as far as anticipating what that is. And I think this study and – 
the willingness of all the surrounding states uh, being on board is, is very important for uh, the future of the Great Lakes. So they're going to find out what the biggest problem is. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I, that's, I, the, that's, yeah. The, that's the, that's the and initiative. The, and the, the good thing about this is that um, it's a co- – so, so really you want people to have skin in the game, right? And so you know, a lot of people think, oh, it's just the, the federal government's going to supply 100% funding. That's not how our projects work. Uh, every project has a non-federal sponsor for the most part. Uh, so usually those, the, the federal sponsor, which is the, the federal government, will supply 65% of the funds, and the non-federal sponsor will provide the other 35%. So that's you know, local skin in the game. So if we went and dredged Buffalo Harbor, right, usually we're paying for 65%. Buffalo is paying for the other 35%. Um, with this study, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, a long, a long study. I think it, it could um, go a bunch of different directions. Uh, but I think it's going to help the overall uh, health and future of the Great Lakes, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, as, as you know, we got to take a look at the future. We got to be looking forward, yeah. not backwards. Um, you know, we're all, I mean, uh, if you guys have been seeing what's going out in Cal- going on out in California right now, you know, water, yeah, you know, with the water, water shortages, and you know, uh, you know, th- we could end up with climate refugees here. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, that we have the the, nar- the largest, uh, you know, natural resource sitting right out right here. Yeah, it's huge, it's massive. That's and a- uh, we just got to make sure that uh, whatever we do in the future has everybody's best interest in mind yeah. to include the communities that because live that's it. seriously everybody's yes. you know it's like yeah, yeah. that's everybody's yeah. supply so do you know that like if you were to take the u.s coastline of uh the u.s coastline and compare that you know so you got a discount you got a discount alaska right but if you were to take the the u.s coastline it's actually uh the the great lakes coastline uh the u.s portion of it it's like 5,300 miles um, is longer than the Atlantic and Pacific coastlines. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's, I mean, so there's actually more. So your job's bigger than you thought. <laughs> yeah. There, there's more yeah. communities yeah. at risk. There's more communities at stake. I'm not saying that that's not, I mean, that, I shouldn't say it. Uh, like that, but there's there's definitely more communities to, to look after along the Great For Lakes. For sure, yeah. Because you're looking at 5,300 miles to 4,500 miles, and they both present different circumstances. The ocean presents, you know, one set of circumstances, but the Great Lakes present another. And, uh, you know, I believe this study is going to get after get after that and, and uh, yeah. get a better understanding of, of what some of these climate scenarios could look at. I'm seriously impressed with all this stuff, you know, and it's like, crazy interesting but did you ever think that this was going to be your way back to buffalo <laughs> no. <laughs> no 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 like i i went to you know i went to time and i uh, didn't know what i wanted to do went to bonaventure well, they didn't really give you a choice <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's true that's true that's true take that regent's exam yeah. yeah uh but yeah then i i went on to went on to bonaventure and, and you were like a you jarot i remember you were you were military all the way no, no. Like Jimmy knows. Uh, I mean, I I didn't uh, play with GI Joes growing up. You know, I was playing street hockey and and nope. underneath the streetlights and stuff like that. I didn't. I wasn't. Uh, you know, I did not see the army as a calling. I still remember like the the recruiters calling. You know, the seven one six number, and being like, no thanks. Um, but when I got to Bonaventure, Tim Mann was actually he was uh, he was my roommate freshman year. And he did receive a four-year scholarship for ROTC. And he was like, hey, can you just take this class so I don't have to recruit anybody? I don't want to look like a weird guy going around asking people, you know. So I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll take the class. You know, I sign me up. It's a one-credit-hour one class. And, you know, little by little, you know, he was getting up to wake up or waking up to work out in the mornings and um, going to these labs where, you know, you kind of go play Army in the woods for about two hours every Thursday and start to learn a little bit more. And I, I started to, started to kind of, all right, this isn't bad. And then they offered me a three-and-a-half-year scholarship. <laughs> and as I was, you know, as I was hearing that, I had, like, at the same time, picked up a 
a letter in the mail at 92 Shenandoah <laughs> saying that, you know, my first, you know, school loan was for $17,000. Holy shit. And I was like, okay, uh, you know, this is, this is a way, like my parents couldn't help me through college. Yeah, and right. uh, so I, it was a way, it was a, it was a means to an end. Uh, so I was like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to do this. Uh, and you know, sign the dotted line, uh, there at, at Bonaventure, uh, and not a, not a, not a chance that I thought I'd be sitting here <laughs> talking to you guys still in uniform back then. Like I was like, I am doing my four years and this, that's right. it. Like I'm going to repay, yeah. repay my dues and, uh, and, and be on my way. Um, but what I didn't know is like the, the environment, like I, I still remember like my first day at Fort Leonard Wood. Uh, so I drove down from Buffalo. I was followed by this guy from Batavia who had graduated with me. We get down there. It's like our second or third day there. And I'm like standing in like a freezing rainstorm and it's like hailing on us. And they, they bring us like, you know, in a line in to get all of our, our, our shots just down the gauntlet of shots. And I was like, this blows. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what did I do yeah. to myself? But I didn't realize, uh, you know, once I got past, you know, the initial education piece, the engineer, engineer OBC, or now they call it Bullock, but engineer officer basic course back in my day, back in my day. <laughs> um, I didn't realize uh, once I got to Hawaii and once I got to a unit, um, you know, what, what the job would entail, uh, what the people I would be surrounded with. And that's kind of what changed the the game for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really a place that you can find in the private sector. And I, I say that to um, like where you have that, that everybody talks about the camaraderie, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really mm-hmm. like the, you know, mission orientedness versus profit orientedness. Um, I think that's more, that's what, that's why you can have the camaraderie. Yeah. You're, you do some tough stuff together and that, that, that builds that camaraderie, but it's really awesome when you get to be mission oriented versus profit oriented. And I think that's something to be said for, for, uh, for, for anybody that's wanting to join the, join the military. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, whether you stay four years or 40 years, um, I, I think it's one of the best things that happened to me. Um, I don't know what, you know, where I'd be without it. Um, but yeah, I, I started, I, uh, got out of Bonaventure, went on to Hawaii and, you know, as a 20, 22 year old kid, I'm sitting there, uh, in charge of a 32 man platoon. And these are all America's sons and daughters. And now you are facing a challenge that, you know, you know, I don't think anybody that comes out of college gets put in front of that kind of those kind of people or, you know, that amount of people and says, hey, figure it out. Everything your platoon does or fails to do is on you. And that, in my opinion, is the Army leadership factory. They churn out leaders and I think they churn out good ones because of that you know, these steps that they, they, they incrementally get you spun up for the next job. Uh, and, and, and leadership is a big aspect of that. And it's, it's one of those things like, you know, you can go to school for leadership. You can, you can read books about it. Uh, but you know, education and experience are two different things. I think, uh, you need, you definitely need the education, but I, I also think experience trumps that because it's an art, not a science. Mm-hmm, um, sure. and, uh, that's, that's, it's allowed me to develop myself as a leader and, and, and work on that art piece. People have to believe and trust in you. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Otherwise, like, otherwise, you know, you're, you're not going to continue. Yeah. You're not going to like, that's like how you did it. Like where you're like, I, I can't pay for school. I'm going to have to take it in my own hands. Did you pay those loans? <sighs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's gonna feel good, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, they're 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 paid off, but uh, but yeah, yeah. the it no it. Bottom line is, I, I keep on saying bottom line a lot. No, we'll sorry. we're a bottom line show. Yeah, We we say on this that uh, they don't make them like you anymore. Now you're a young guy. They don't really make them like you anymore either. <laughs> or do they? Or I just not know. Like, uh, I, I would have to think recruitment's down. 
It is. I mean, it, it's a fact. Recruitment yeah. is a factor of 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 the job market. When there are jobs, you know, uh, and the economy is so, like we're in an anomaly right now. You have high inflation, and you have jobs available. Usually, that's the opposite. They, the opposite. Yeah. So I I really that that is we're we're definitely in some type of weird anomaly right now. But yes, recruitment is down in the military right now. You would think it would be up because. Nobody knows what they want to do. I mean, what are you going to do? Drive Uber Is that Eats? an old thing? Is that an old style thing? Like, you don't know what you're doing, you're going to you're the military. You're going to the military. Is you're broke, an, an you're in style? trouble, you're going to the military. I mean, well, that, see, that's, that's, the, that's the narrative that, I, that, that we try to, to get away from is like, the military should not be some last resort thing. <laughs> but it, but it, but it, I know, yeah. I know. But it I, I, I understand. That was my point. I understand that it, it can be, you know, I mean, you know, there, there were, I mean, my platoon sergeant uh, was from, you know, when I first got to Hawaii, my, my platoon sergeant uh, was arrested for Grand Theft Auto in L.A. and was told, hey, either go in the Army or go to jail. What? And he went into the Army. That's how, I mean, that's. That's, that's some a of, judge saying that to you? This guy that made this tooth fake, they told him in Buffalo Court. Really? You go to the Navy, you're going to jail. Man, yeah, how, I mean, this happens all the time. Yeah, really? I mean, I don't know if I, I'm not sure how much it still happens. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, Amazing. I just think it's yeah, like, yeah. I'd be like, I just, Ooh. I just know that. Uh, <laughs> I know that that story is 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 valid. I mean, I don't know of how many other people that has happened yeah. to, but I, but this guy was a successful. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was a sergeant first class platoon sergeant. You know, basically, my mentor. You know, teaching me how to lead. Uh, uh, the, the platoon. And the other part I want to mention is, you know, I showed up on, uh, on, it was like day two or three, I got to Hawaii and I'm meeting my, meeting my soldiers. And, uh, the, uh, the, the one kid walked up to me, uh, he was a specialist at the time. Uh, he said, Hey, sir, I heard you're from Buffalo. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm from Buffalo. What's up, man? He's like, uh, yeah, I am too. I'm like, oh, cool. He's a, and he, uh, he let me know that he was from the Perry projects. Um, and I said, awesome. You know, like, uh, you know, so where'd you go to school? He went to South park and I was like, oh dude, that's like, right. You know, yeah. like, like, uh, I mean, I could throw a, throw that's a, where they threatened me to go. If I screwed up, <laughs> <laughs> I could throw a rack and hit there. Yeah. But, but yeah, I was like, so, so what, you know, brought, what brought you in the army? He goes, oh, you know, just, he said, I had to get the hell out of there. Yeah, you know true. what I mean, and that's 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 kind of sad uh, when you think about you know, you know, opportunity. Yeah, right? it's it's sad, but it's also it's it's refreshing because he knew he needed to get out. Yeah. Yes, right, and he's helping us. Yes, and now he now that he is a he's a from all indications, I haven't talked to him in a while. But he, last time I spoke to him, he was a master sergeant in special forces. And just kicking butt. Oh, he married yeah. a German girl. He had two kids, and and yeah. I mean, life is looking really, really. I want to go back in him. time and kick some of my friends' asses and throw them in the military. That'll <laughs> 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 just be babies. I, I know. <laughs> I I mean, I thought about it. I had the Marines over at my house, and uh, and I played hockey. It wasn't very good. It was a ham and egger there too, and they brought like this video of everybody having fun and smiling and i never forget my father going <laughs> you really believe yeah. that one huh Dumber. but i really thought if i was gonna go in it would have been the army that tim that, tim wanted to join the military in 9 11 tim was like standing in line at 9 11 and my yeah. mom like had to go pick him up yeah it, was there was like, a lot of that yeah. too yeah, i was yeah. like well, man, I, I think 9 11 i want to go back to do they <laughs> make do they make them like they used to right okay um I, I so I last year I served as a professor of military science at uh, Edinburgh University, and I can tell you uh, I had nine cadets that became second lieutenants, and I was very impressed. Really, well, that's very good to hear. very impressed. I I I do believe that we are in good hands because I'm I mean I'm I'm the old guy now. I don't like to think that, but I, mean, I am it, the old. It sad? It is sad. <laughs> I mean, I just turned forty on the eleventh of August, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, when they used to have 40's those. Forty is the new thirty, though. Yeah, I, yeah, forty is the new thirty, <laughs> but uh, but you know when they used to have like those 
our parents used to have like these big parties back in the day. It was like over the hill, forty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh stuff. yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That is it gone. Did. Yeah. 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 And we. I, wow, that is weird. I oh, never really thought of it. And I'm thinking, like, am I over the hill? Now? <laughs> this is terrible. I forgot. Nobody does that anymore. No, no I mean, don't. I remember, like, there was, like, toilet paper saying, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, no, it read, like, you were the, over the hill. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, over the hill. Over yeah. the hill. Like, and they looked older than we, we do now, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, I, I'd like to think so. Yeah, you know what I that's mean? what I tell. Well, myself. I'll give you a compliment here because we've been here probably like an hour and a half now. But like, you got a new job, and a lot of people when they get a new job, they have something to complain about. You haven't complained about anything. You haven't said like, "Oh man, nobody taught me." You know, that's I think a true leader right there. You know, like somebody who's just like, you know what, I'm gonna take it, whatever it is, and it's nobody else's fault. I'm, I'm the guy now. I take the problems. I take the responsibilities, and I, 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 I like that. You know. Yeah, I mean. So the way I look at leadership, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to do three things, in my opinion. It's an opportunity to lead by example. It's an opportunity to treat others as you would be treated with it, that you would, like you would want to be treated. Live by the golden rule. And the last thing is, it's a it's an opportunity uh, to not make anybody else do what you wouldn't do yourself. Yeah. Those are the three things that I mean. That's the litmus test. Like, am I leading by example? You know, yeah. am I, you know, uh, you know, treating Treat. others as they would want to be treated? And am I making anybody else do something that I wouldn't do myself? And when it comes to some of the, the deployment stuff, like those three things are important. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I, you know, I tried to, to just keep those things in my head. And that was, you know, there's been, that's, that's something that's been said. Um, that I didn't just make that up. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I definitely right. stole that. Um, but I, I do think that that's what what we, we what we require of our leadership. Yeah, right. But that's not stealing. That's being inspired. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And speaking of leadership, you had some deployments with the uh, during Freedom that campaign in Iraq in 0709. Talk about. I always I had a, we had Phil Ryan on. Uh, the podcast, and I always talk about when you're dropped out, when you when you got to Iraq, what what's going through your mind? It was hot. <laughs> no, so actually, it was it was it was pretty cold. Uh, uh, no, we left right before right before Christmas. Um, got got over to Kuwait, and you know, I'm, I'm, Kuwait is like you know, uh, you know, it's like the you know, the Disneyland of Iraq, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they send yeah. people there to kind of, you know, rest and recover, get you ready to go in or come out. And the, uh, it, it, so like you get to Kuwait and you get like this false sense of like, well, what, what's going on here? Like there's, there's, a, there's like a, normal there's stuff. a, there's like a green beans, like a Starbucks. There's oh, yeah. a, uh, you know, I, it was, there was like a live, um, uh, what, what's the, the Christmas with the donkey, or you know what I'm talking about. The, why can't I think of the word? With the the animals and the people. Reindeer. No, the, the uh, manger. The manger. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Golly, I was yeah brain fart there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just so, all that Catholic yeah, was like school. A li- yeah, 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 yeah. There was, yeah, I'm gonna get shunned for that one. Uh, but yeah, there was a live manger scene, and I'm like, gee, like good food in the in the chow hall or whatever. I'm like, man. Yeah, this ain't this ain't that bad. You know what I mean? And then uh. Then you realize that was the. That yeah, was just the, the calm before, you know, the, the storm. But actually, you know, by the time I got to Iraq, I give the folks that went in in 03 on the march to Baghdad, um, uh, I give them a lot of credit. Uh, by the time I got there in 07, it was pretty well established. Um, and, you know, we had we had basing to operate out of, um, you know, fortified basing and uh, you know, I, I hit the, hit the ground. Yeah. You're like, man, what does this look like? What does this look like? I still remember I was riding in the back of like a Chinook helicopter there. It's the big bus looking helicopter with the two big blades on it. And, uh, we get up in the air and this guy does like a test fire and I'm like, Whoa, like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he just was making sure yeah. the, the 50 K on the back was working and I'm like, okay, game on. This you is know? real. Yeah, yeah, this is, this like... is real. I feel like you know, you know, you think you're in like a movie or something like that until like no, they land on the they land on the ground and you're like, oh, 
they're pretending to be you guys. People don't understand that. Yeah, you know, yeah, like you yeah. guys are the people that they're trying to be. Yes. <laughs> but then you get out, the, you get off, you do the duffel bag drag. You got all your crap with you. You waddle over to wherever it is. And then, you know, there's people like that are pushing you in different directions. It's, you know, kind of like that hurry up and wait thing until you kind of get settled. Uh, at least that's my experience. <clears throat> and then, you know, they, they direct you to a, uh, you know, Hey, this is where this is where your platoon is gonna live at. These are your these are your vehicles. Like, you know, those folks that came in in 03, none of that was established yet. They had their vehicles. They were, you know, it, things had just changed a lot in that four years. You know, we went from having, um, you know, on the on the march to Baghdad, there were like really no ID IEDs. There was more like you know mines across you know uh, the highway and things like that. No, we the, don't know. The, <laughs> it, it, yeah, the, like, it, the nature of the war. The way you can talk about the, it. The, is nat- like, the nature wild. of the warfare, the style of warfare changed. Yeah. Uh, we both adapted, right? Both, you know, the the enemy and the friendly side adapted, and you know they found a way to use IEDs as a as a as a main main weapon system uh, to, you know, kind of shape our will, if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they were they were tough to get after. And my job was to, you know, take my platoon out with the appropriate vehicles and go and try to find them. Um, so, like, we had this thing called the Husky. It was like, imagine a mine detector, but a vehicle mine detector. And we would drive along these roads, and then the next vehicle behind that would be a Buffalo uh for all intents and purposes i don't know why it was called the buffalo but it was called the buffalo and it had this big arm on it and it could investigate if something was found right. know, it could dig down and and kind of it's another one of those buffalo 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 <coughs> than this thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and though it, it would it would be able to take the arm dig down and, and investigate something that was suspicious right uh-huh. um and you know if there were you know exposed wires or something like that and try to find it before it found us or the infantry folks behind us and then you know, we did that for, you know, that was a 16 month long deployment and that, that stuff can get pretty mind numbing after a while. I Thinking imagine. about riding in a vehicle, I'd say a good five to six days a week, um, you know, looking at the same roads, doing like change detection, like, oh, that looks out of place or, you know, and uh, it, 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 it yeah. got mind numbing. It's like you don't while. have to ask like somebody like how bad that sucked you know like yeah, yeah. it's like you know that other people are just like watching a football game at home like yep. did it ever go through your mind or you're like what am i doing <laughs> like, uh, you're just like this oriented mission oriented yeah you have to, you have to be like as 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 the leader like you gotta you gotta keep everybody mission oriented uh you know the <laughs> patrol brief that you know yeah. and and the you know the reason yeah. why you're there too right like that you got to answer those questions and sometimes they're tough um, but we all signed on to, 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 you know, support and defend the constitution. This is what it's taken right now. Uh, so we would, we would go out, we would, you know, do the patrol brief, go, go complete our mission, come back. Um, and, you know, fortunately knock on wood, nothing too crazy happened in Iraq for me. I, I had three jobs over there. I started off as a platoon leader. Uh, then I went to the executive officer where I was more in charge of like maintaining all those vehicles and making sure they were maintained. And then I went on to uh, a staff job where I, uh, I don't even know if I want to talk yeah. about that, but <laughs> basically instituted, like made sure uh, we paved some roads, like started working on Iraqi infrastructure, the whole nation building piece. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, we, we uh, made sure that some of the roads got paid for some of the communities. And then I also started a pilot trash program. Imagine like, <laughs> so like, imagine like taking South Buffalo, right? It's called Sabal Bor over there. Uh, and, you know, trying to institute a trash program from like nothing. Really? So no, no dump. No, there, 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 there was, there, there was no cans and no trucks. Oh, and geez. like, and there was a culture of like, just toss it on just the ground, grow, yeah. you know? And, uh, so that was, that was very interesting. Wow. Um, I'm starting to see a pattern I'm, I'm here. Great, that I feel more grateful that. The army will be going in and doing the same thing in Ukraine very soon. We don't have to talk about it, yeah. but they're going. Somebody's going to have to fix the infrastructure, and it's probably going to be the U.S. Army, isn't it? I can I can say that uh, I you know it's they're going to need help. Yeah, right? yeah. and uh, and whether you know that's up to our 
you know, our leadership. But I, I, I do think that, you know, uh, we've gotten the call back. We, we've done this before. Right. Yeah. This isn't something new. If you think about World War II and mm-hmm. the Marshall Plan and you think about, you know, uh, you know, post-Korea uh, and Japan, right? I mean, this isn't something new. This is something that, you know, we've uh, we've done before. Um, I think that the true difference with Ukraine is is hopefully when this is all said and done and, and people can get back to some some sense of normalcy there that um, – you know we're gonna be open. We're we're gonna be welcomed with open arms, and we can you know actually assist. Uh, not just and, and send I, yeah, stuff. just not exactly assume. It, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I I think the the Army Corps of Engineers will you know they're already you know doing stuff in and around that area, but I do think that they'll you know uh, they're gonna be looked upon. Yeah, to, you don't to, have to talk anymore about to step it. Up. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> What's the future for Lake Erie? <laughs> what do you think? Well, I think I let's think out of the box. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, okay. So, what is the future for Lake Erie? I, I, let's go. Let's go Great Lakes, right? Okay. So we have you know sixteen hundred miles of federal navigation channel between Ogdensburg, New York, and Duluth, Minnesota. Um. And I'm let's let's think outside the box. Let's think, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. I don't think those Mediterranean cruises are going to last. There's a lot of risk over there. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I think the Great Lakes cruise industry is going to continue to grow. Wow. I like it. It's already there. Is it really? They're small. It's very, very small. And it's niche. Let's get some casinos, baby. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I do think I do see. Uh, that as an opportunity as an opportunity for growth um, and you know especially as you know uh, again I, I I see the Mediterranean as as not the you know that premier cruise anymore or well, a lot of them are canceled because they're it's so dry there with the drought I don't know about this year but two years ago I know someone that they couldn't go then they showed me the picture of the lake and it was like Underneath the Peace Bridge, no water. Imagine wow. that. Man. Yeah. But I, I I do I do see that as a as a uh as an option. I and I, and the thing the thing that we need to be cognizant here uh of is like you have to be able to clear people uh from like like what your dad used to do. Clear yeah. passports. You need mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, bring people in, clear them, uh, to allow them to do their whatever that activity is. And then you know get them back on the boat and off to their their next destination. Uh, I think that that's going to require some forward thought. If if uh, you know here in the Western New York, we want to be a part of that. Right. Uh, I also, you know, now talking about you know Lake Erie uh, in general, I think there is some headway we're going to make in in Toledo that that Western Basin. There's a lot of different. Uh, just if you. You know, it's like getting sprayed from all sides. Basically, mm-hmm. it's a hose spraying Toledo from all sides. Um, but I think, and and unfortunately, as a result, uh, that harmful algal blooms. I think what we're gonna do with the with uh, some of the the studies we have out there, and and some of this uh, this research and development, is we're gonna be able to develop some strategic kidneys uh, to 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 catch this phosphorus. Uh, prior to it entering Lake Erie, and and clean up that that western basin portion, and I I, I look forward to to seeing that come to fruition. Um, you know, speaking specifically uh, to Western New York, I mean, I I'd like to see have it, us have a convention center on the water. We need something uh, yeah. on the water. Yeah, yeah I mean, mm-hmm. I I think we have we have that beautiful waterfront, uh, and you know, if you've been down to Erie, PA. Uh, I think they got it right with their convention. Yeah, center. they really did. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I'd like to see something like that, uh, you know, happen for you know for our our community. Is I, is this is this is there employable jobs here where you work? Yes. Like, what what are the jobs that you guys employ people for here? So right now we have about three hundred employees, and everybody has you know they're like again back to the MythBusters right. 
Oh, Army Corps of Engineers, Army. Oh, you got to be in the Army. Not the case at all. Yeah. Not the case at all. Corps of Engineers. Oh, you got to be an engineer. Not the case at all. I would say about 50% of our workforce is, you know, some type of engineer or scientist, but the other one are, are the other ones are all, you know, you, you still need accountants. You still need lawyers. You still need, um, you know, administrative folks. Um, you still need, uh, you know, you, you name it, we got it here. And, you know, just like anybody else in the labor market right now, we're struggling to hire. Really? Yeah. And what would you say, like, your main employee you need now? Uh, right now we're looking at uh, a, an equal opportunity advisor and then also a um, some environmental engineers. They yeah. probably need well, cooks I mean, like everybody like, else, too. I think people just need to hear how cool it is. And, like, if yeah, and, and the, the thing is, is, like, all you need to do is go on to usajobs.com mm -hmm. and apply. Like, I will admit, uh, applying to a federal government job is not easy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have to, you're like, it's not like, hey, I just submit my resume, like indeed.com or Monster Jobs. There's one of those. It's, it's not as user-friendly. But once you do it, and if you're patient, like, it's a great, it's a yeah. great, uh, it's a great livelihood. Um, I think what I'm going to try to do here while I'm here over the next two years is, is get into the high schools and, and, you know, promote. Cause I, once, once kids already go off to uh, college or, or go a different route, uh, into the labor market, you know, you kind of, at that point, like they're probably not going to pursue a, you know, anything to do with STEM. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So go right I, to the tree. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's going to the tree. I, that's the grassroots camp campaign, as I call it, is like going to like Hutch Tech, going to South Park, going to those schools and talking to them about, hey, this is who we are. This is something you might want to think about. You have any questions like, you know. Yeah. Um, and I had to do that last year. And sometimes it works and sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean, I had to do that for ROTC last year. And, and you know, there's kids that are like. You know, I'm, I'm just going to continue to play on my phone and ignore this guy. But there's also kids that perk up and they're like, yeah, could I have more information? Oh, yeah. And, 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 that feels I, and they really might be the kids that don't yeah, have much at home. Exactly. You know, don't exact, have a phone. Exactly. You know, like, and yeah. if, if, if I can, you know, you know, if you have one other person, that's all it takes. Yeah. Um, so that's the grassroots piece. The, the entry level piece, we already get a lot of folks from, you know, Buffalo or UB. Uh, coming out of college, we get a lot of folks from SUNY ESF, um, but you know, diversifying the colleges around here. There's more than just you know UB and ESF, and I, um, I think that there's uh, opportunity there to kind of diversify our thought. Um, and then the last thing is is that those mid-careerists, um, I I call it uh, parents that want predictability. <laughs> um, usually. You know, folks in the private sector, especially the engineers, they can get driven very hard uh, for, uh, you know, a various amount of regions. I mean, imagine if you were tagged with like the program or project manager of the new Highmark Stadium. Like think about like, you know, yeah. what's, you know, it, you got Laying a lot of downward down, yeah. pressure. You got a lot of, you know, whoa, what, what, where do we even start this thing? Yeah. We've just seen the renderings uh, and the design. Uh, piece and and you know there's there's also those outside pressures going on so they get worn out from that stuff right yeah and so uh you know we see a lot of folks make that mid-career move where it's like hey you know i i kind of just want to be able to go to work from like eight to five or nine mm -hmm. to five every day and be a part of a team be a part of a team but no i'm going to be able to come home to my family do we travel yeah I, i've been on the road but i'm yeah. also out there it's my first two and a half months on the job I'm trying to get out there and meet everybody, meet all the stakeholders, all of our um, partners, uh, non-federal sponsors, all the folks I talked about, and then also our employees that you know stretch along this swath of land here. So, yeah. you know, it's it's busy right now, and it, it, there are busy times, but for the most part, like uh, I believe we do a good job of keeping it predictable. Yeah. Well, I mean, I you're saying that, you know, you, you're, you're kind of the face of this thing and you got to start, you know, putting yourself out there. But I, I don't think you have a problem talking. You're great. You, you got a lot of gift of gab oh, here. Good. <laughs> yeah. Very smart. <laughs> but, yeah, you you actually mentioned something, you know, you moved a lot. Like, are, is your family the unsung heroes of the of the whole thing going on here? Like, yeah, they probably yeah, go I'm through. glad. Mark, you know what? <laughs> 
Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, buddy. No, because like if uh, if my wife would have <laughs> heard me do this whole thing and not mention her, Mark's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. No, I mean, uh, we just dropped our kids off for the first day of school yesterday, and my daughter's ten. This was her fourth different school, and my son is eight, and this was his third different school. So Jesus. like, you know, there, you know, that's a that, there's a cost there, right? Um. And then, you know, my wife, thank God she's been on board with this, you know, since since the beginning, like those deployments a way to, you know, I, I didn't meet her until the, the Afghanistan deployments. But, you know, she's been kind of like the rock, like and, you know, the whole single parent thing without any help from any grandparents or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, the they're gone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's a tough pull. Yeah. And she's been, you know, it's a team effort. You know what I mean, For and sure. uh, and I I would be remiss if I said that I got here <laughs> by me alone. That is not the case at all, because there's also Good. the fact that I I try to look at things and, and like you know there's folks that have quantity, and then there's folks that have quality, right? With mm-hmm. and that I'm talking about time doing certain activities. For me, I always try to like when I do have the time, just make it quality. Yeah, right. Because I don't know that I'm going to have the quantity just because of the the work environment. Well, yeah. we'd love to buy her a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, but then you get your kids home. Like, what was the thing that you're like, we do this in Buffalo? Yeah. You know, like, was there anything that was like, shocked? Wait till the like, day off, guy. Yeah. We're going to get snow days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just came from Edinburgh, Pennsylvania. So we had a couple. We did oh, have yeah, a couple snow days. Fair. But, but, uh. Really, like, it's just been good to see them get to be around cousins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, the, yeah, now you're busy. Like, yeah. Now it's like, yeah. oh, birthday party, uh, birthday uh, party. Oh, <laughs> funny you bring that up as well. Yeah, it, it is kind of overwhelming because we just didn't have that before. Like, yeah. you know, we, we wouldn't, you know, your friends become your family in the military. You have to. And you kind of have to rely, rely on each other if, you know, so-and-so's got a doctor's appointment. So-and-so's got this, you know. We're working it out for Spouses you. are usually covering and uh you're working it out um but but yeah now that i'm back here it's like hey you know what are you doing this weekend what are you doing this weekend i'm like yeah i just want to chill out <laughs> like, didn't like, you know, get the invite to Burncliff. you hear that yeah yeah yeah. to the krug family tournament yep yep <laughs> you, put oh. that out there yeah yep, yep. i think that, i am disappointed i think there's a cat in uh no i i i was thinking about that after you said that i i think i might have been like hey i don't know what my schedule right gonna look yeah like and well and next year you can room with dave <laughs> everyone's like who's dave krug <laughs> well that he's actually you know he, he every a lot of people know dave because he's like the chief permit guy oh, yeah. in oh, yeah. city hall so like he just does it i just not, i don't even even know what he looked like oh well, really? might maybe yeah yeah no he's yeah call out one of your uncles and let him come and tell stories which one would be the best to tell a bunch of stories tracy tracy hands down yeah yeah tracy Tracy would be a would be a good would be a good storyteller. Um, uh, next, I think would be uh, probably probably Larry is a close second. So, we'll get him. Yeah. yeah, we'll get him. We always get our man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like the stadium, I hope they uh, they let the pros run the lake and fix up the lake. I I think too many people chime in, whether they're politicians or. People with signs, let the pros do it. And speaking of pros, you've been a pro today. And uh, Lieutenant Colonel Kobe Krug, you are now licensed to talk. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming and doing this, man. I think it was really great. Good job. Thanks.